I'm just gonna start recording because it's fun. I did a thing. We're gonna be better people by the end of this. The thing that I did. Sarah! I did a thing. Talk about it. Welcome to I Did a Thing, a podcast about unremarkable people doing remarkable things. I'm Sarah. And I'm Birdie. Um, and this week, we're going to be talking to a fabulous guest named Maggie about yeah. um, fitness business that she started uh, specifically for parents with new babies and young children. Yes. So It's called Stroller Fit, which I think is a really cool name. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super intrigued by this whole concept. And before I had friends with babies, I didn't think that it was a thing that people would need. But definitely my, my friends who have babies, it's a really isolating, it can be a really isolating experience. And so to have this community with other folks doing active things is, is really remarkable. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk with her. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, especially for women who may have just given birth, uh, that's definitely a time where um, lots of times women are feeling new or different feelings about their body and are interested in maybe making some changes uh, to uh, what their body is like now that they are post-pregnancy. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Finding a group of other people who are maybe going through a similar experience is, is always a good thing, no matter what your experience is. Right. Isn't that what we're try- just trying to do in life? Yes. Is figure out how we fit in and people we can fit with. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad she can be on and share some experience, too, uh, with something that you and I don't have any personal experience with. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah, that's that's one of the great things about having guests. Yeah, um, I love it. On a totally different topic, I don't, I, I have a feeling you heard about this, Bertie, but I I want to mm. share this awesome piece of news that I saw um in the last week that I think is pretty cool and maybe uh inspirational uh, to people. Uh, have you heard about Erin Johnson, uh, the first black woman uh, oh. to qualify for? Um, yes. The U.S. Olympic team in long track speed racing? Yeah. Uh, she was a, a roller blade speed skater for a really long time and then started playing roller derby and then uh, crushed it. She's been fucking kicking ass mm-hmm. in roller derby for a while and then decided to train for uh, train for the Olympics in, in ice. In, right. In the, you know, in, in ice skating for, for track like for distance. And in four months, right? It's been like four months. Uh, She's gone from nothing to going to the fucking Olympics. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, we're really, we're really, really proud of her. First of all, she's from Florida. So that explains why she didn't have a lot of ice skating experience, I think. (laughs) Yeah. They do more, they do more inline roller things in the South than we do up in, in the Northern States here. Um, but what I think is what uh, the reason why I wanted to mention it, and the thing that I think is maybe something we can all take um, inspiration from, even if we're maybe not like secret hiding Olympic athletes that just haven't been discovered yet, 
is that it's not that she, I mean, some of the news coverage has definitely emphasized that, like, she's only been uh, speed skating for a few months, which is technically true, but what she really did was she has been developing skills over years, um, and then she found an awesome way to take those skills she had and adapt it, uh, to something else, um, and find success, you know, applying those skills in a new arena. Totally. So, I mean, I think that's, that's something all of us can do. Like, uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Figuring out what you're good at and what you like, and then figuring out how to translate that into a productive thing. Like Derby is a way that she translated her roller, uh, blading, inline skating, dis- you know, she did distance and speed for inline skating into a, a new and fun thing for her and figured out how to excel at that. And then one more t- leap and transition into something else. So I think we can all do that. Yeah. Maybe not an Olympic athlete, <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> she's just really great. Um, and also might I add a uh, super nice and kind person. So she's, she's a really cool person. The other thing that it I I wondered to myself as I was reading a couple of articles about her was I wonder if she was super scared and had to pull over and um, call someone or throw <laughs> up on her way to her first uh, speed skating practice. Because uh, I, I bet she Probably. Would, I mean, even though obviously she has a talent in skating, I'm sure that must have been super intimidating, um, especially as a, a black athlete doing something mm-hmm. that, I mean, she's the first black woman to ever uh, compete at this level. So I'm sure she knew that there weren't going to be a lot of other uh, black women at, at speed skating practice. <laughs> right, um, right. But, you know, obviously, whatever nerves she might have had, she's overcome them. And now she's can be a role model for all of yeah. us to break out of our boxes and, and try something new that you might turn out to be Olympic level at. <laughs> Who knows, right? Who knows? Unremarkable people doing remarkable things, yeah. right? Um, I do, I want to give her a little plug. She's She has a fundraiser to help her dad go to South Korea oh. and she's selling, well, she's doing like donate money stuff as mm-hmm. well, but she's she's selling some t-shirts that say, you know, Aaron Jackson have a really cool uh, flag inspired by the flag design on there. So uh, we'll probably link it. But if you are interested in helping Aaron's dad go to the Olympics, that is a really good way to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know that's one of the um, the biggest challenges for a lot of athletes who get to go to the Olympics. And it's something that they have worked hard for uh, for a long time and, and made sacrifices for. Uh, but then that means that maybe they haven't spent the time making the kind of money that you would need mm-hmm. uh, to be able to take your <laughs> whole family to, or even one family member to a foreign country to get to watch you compete. So, right. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're so excited. Well, should we get into the things we did this week? Yes!
what did I do this week? Um, well, the first big thing that I did this week is we had a game on Saturday night, and uh, I well, we won, first of all, so Woo-hoo! hooray for that. Yay! Um, I, I really feel like, you know, I broke my leg two years ago. I really am feeling like I'm back to where I was at that time when I broke my leg. I'm still not, you know, great by any means, but I just really feel like I'm finally getting back into getting better again rather than just getting back to where I was. Uh, but I wore shorts. Thanks, Kayla. Um, I wore shorts during my game. Uh, they were very short because I don't really own long ones and I didn't want to worry about them creeping up my thighs. I figured mm-hmm. they were already, <laughs> you know, now they were full coverage <laughs> under on my butt, but you know, I figured as long as they were there, securely there right. and wouldn't have to fuss with them so much. So it was it was honestly great. The only the only weird thing that happened was I pulled my water bottle out of the um cooler and it has ice in there mm-hmm. and I was drinking it and all of a sudden my lap was so cold like all of this ice water had fallen on my bare skin and I was not used to it at all. So I was like, what the hell? I'm like peeing my pants here. And then um, I also got scratched on my thigh by somebody's fingernails. And so now, mm-hmm. and I bruise super easy. Mm-hmm. So I have two big bruises and two scratch marks on my thigh from where somebody's hand clawed me a little bit mm-hmm. uh, that I wouldn't normally have because I have worn Capri capri leggings to play in rather than shorts. But, yeah, I texted Kayla before the game and said, I'm wearing I'm wearing shorts. You gave me confidence. I didn't even bring other pants because I'm just going to wear them. Right I can't on. back out now. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's one of my themes for this year is to wear more shorts. Wear more shorts. Um, like, I have some shorts that are from when I was a smaller size um, that don't fit me right now. And so the last couple of summers, um, I haven't want, wanted to buy shorts uh, in a bigger size for yeah. all the reasons why people don't want to buy <laughs> right. clothes in a size that fits them. <laughs> That's totally, totally um, true. So, yeah, I'm hoping that by the time summer rolls around that maybe I'll be able to fit in some of those shorts again. But if not, I... I have kind of resolved to buy some shorts that fit me um, yeah. so that I can wear more shorts this summer. Wear more shorts. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot of, a lot of people who know me. I mean, it wasn't random people coming up to me, but people who know me who came up and was like, they were like, yeah, way to wear shorts today. I know you've been <laughs> thinking about doing that and you look great. And you know, that's not really the point, but, um, it was really nice to hear from some other folks who have uh, body concerns as well as, you know, I know that they have concerns about their bodies who were like encouraging and were just really wonderful and supportive about it. So not that I expected anybody to be like, ugh, I can't believe you're just wearing those things. But uh, it was really nice that I feel like other people might wear shorts now because we are wearing shorts. All because of Kayla. All because of Kayla. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I did. That's a big thing. Right on. Well, um, one of the things I did this week, Birdie has seen, mm. um, but you all can't see me. I dyed my hair hot pink 
Super pink. Um, in anticipation of the Women's March next week. Oh, is that what it's for? Uh, yeah, well, I've been experimenting with my hair color uh, for recently. Um, <laughs> for the last, I don't know, couple of months, I had a couple of attempts to uh, dye it purple. That, or I was going for um, more of a like pastel uh, color with the purple, um, mm-hmm. and I was not quite so successful in getting it a light purple. <laughs> no, you just need to go for it. Yeah, so so yeah, so I I went for it as Bertie said and dyed it very very hot pink. <laughs> so, that's exciting. It's it's brilliant. It's, it's like actually brilliant yeah. and wonderful. Uh, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, I always wanted to dye my hair like crazy colors when I was in like middle school and high school, but my dad would put the kibosh on that. Oh. Um, and then, uh, I mean, like, there's been there's been a few years, well, I guess a few years ago I was started thinking again about I really wanted to dye my hair pink, uh, but the job that I had at the time, like, that was not going to be acceptable. Oh, yeah. Uh, so now that I am working at Amazon and nobody cares what I look like, I feel <laughs> like I have more freedom uh, to express myself with my style. So Hell yeah. Pink hair! Woohoo! Pink hair don't care. Exactly. Um, and then it's been a little bit of a, a struggle fitness-wise because uh, the bad weather continues here in mm. Cincinnati. Um, it did warm up uh, from last week when I was having all the car troubles, uh, but then in the process of warming up now, we've gotten a fair amount of snow. Yep. Uh, so that has been keeping me a little bit from going out and doing things um, outside of the house as much. Uh, but I have been running on the treadmill. Um, I'm trying to amazing. make a, a point of um, getting at least uh, two or three runs in every week. Um, and then there's something else that I will share in mm. I love that is Ooh. another way that I am starting to get some exercise in. Foreshadowing. At home. So um yeah uh i guess i guess the other <laughs> the other trouble that i've been having oh i guess that was the other thing i did this week so i i'm still trying to use uh blue apron um uh, as oh, a way yeah. to keep me on track with my diet and for the most part i felt like um it was going well cuz it it kind of forced me to cook at home and have uh actual real food (laughs) to eat for for dinner um on my days off and both on my days off and um to take to to work for lunch uh but when the weather was so cold um last weekend there was the terrible uh whatever bomb (laughs) cold weather bomb on the east coast (laughs) last week um Blue Apron sent me an email uh, just a couple of days before my shipment was supposed to arrive saying that they had canceled it for the, the week um, and that they were going to credit, well, give me, basically not charge me for the following week because they'd already charged me for the week that they had, weren't sending. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So there wasn't any Blue Apron last week. Um, and then again, this week they sent it, but then the day that it was supposed to be delivered was one of the big snow days um, here in Cincinnati. And so apparently 
somewhere um, FedEx has my Blue Apron box, but they oh, haven't dear. fit to bring it to me. So oh, no. I'll have it again this week. Do so, I'll, then all of those things will spoil, no? Because it's all fresh, yeah, right? Yeah, I... Right. I mean, like, it comes in a, like, an insulated box and it has an ice pack in there. Plus, obviously, it's super cold. Like, I, you know, if they had left it on my front porch, it would have been fine. Right. <laughs> it just wasn't, it was the problem of getting it here. So, um, at this it was supposed to be delivered on Saturday and it's Monday now and it still hasn't been delivered. So, I think they're not going to deliver it at this point because it probably is getting in the, like, spoiled food zone, especially... Uh, one of the dishes in there was supposed to be fish, and I don't think I would uh, eat it at this nope, point. Nope, nope. <laughs> Not going to work. Um, but so, as an alternative, um, I did try this last week. Um, the My local grocery store, Kroger, uh, which I know is in a lot of places around the country, um, they have kind of a similar thing where um, it's a meal kit that is um, sold in the grocery store, um, and it's just like, the stuff to make a meal for two people just one meal uh, but then obviously you can buy as many of those as you need and it, it's about the, the price the same price as blue apron um it varies depending on exactly which one you buy um like if there's more expensive meat in there then it's a little sure. bit more expensive um so i tried two of those um this last week um the nice thing about it was that they did all of the, or the vast majority of the prep, so you didn't have to cut any of the vegetables up or anything. It already came oh. pre-cut. So that was nice. Um, but I felt like in both of the recipes I tried, um, that the instructions weren't as good, um, and the process was just a little bit um, more difficult to follow. Like... That's crazy because there's if it's already pre done for you, it should ta- you know in theory be easier. But right, well, okay, like so not as good. The, yeah, the two that I got were it was um, the first one was like turkey meatballs um, with um, pasta and um, a like sweet potato um, cream sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and. The meatballs, I've made meatballs before, so I had no problem with that. I can make pasta. That wasn't a problem. But um, with the ingredients, the amount they gave you to use um, in the cream sauce, what happened for me was that because you were supposed to put the sweet potatoes and it also had squash in there in the pan um, with um, like onion and garlic and some uh, half and half Mm. um, and then let it cook. And for me, basically all of the um, half and half got absorbed or cooked off. Oh. Um, and then the next step was to put it in the blender to like bl- and blend it up to make it be a sauce. Sure. Um, and because the half and half had cooked off, there wasn't enough liquid left to like blend, make blend and make it into a sauce like. It just happened that I had some half and half in the refrigerator, so I added a little bit more, um, and even still, it didn't really come out to the consistency that I think it was supposed to be. Wait, did you say there are potatoes in this mixture? Sweet potatoes. Okay. Because regular squash. potatoes get really gummy in a blender. I wonder if sweet oh, potatoes but, well, Right, but it, it had thing. the cream. It had the cream in still. there to help it. Yeah. 
Um, the starch just doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It wasn't sweet potatoes. It was squash and apples. Oh, okay. That's probably better then. It was like acorn squash, but it was already cut up into cubes. So that's why I always remember what it was wrong. Um, And then the other one was like a, um, you made like um, mushroom. It was a vegetarian one. So it was like a stroganoff sauce, but just mushrooms in it. And then you're supposed to make like a, a cake out of um, uh, cauliflower, mm. um, but like the cakes like completely fell apart for me when I tried to, no. to cook it, and like it didn't, it didn't. In my opinion, it didn't have enough binder. Um, so I mean that was fine. It tasted good, um, but it just it was a little a little more difficult uh, to cook successfully than the. I the success that I've had with Blue Apron cooking it. Yeah. So, Sounds like not the right choice for you. Yeah. I mean, like, definitely if you are trying to, <laughs> if you're trying to get more in the habit of cooking actual food um, at home and that's a, something like that is available in your grocery store, I, I would recommend it as just, you know, to try it once and, and see how you like it because, um, it is it it is it much simpler than trying to uh, put together a, re- a recipe yourself and get all the ingredients. I mean, like you just yeah. go and grab this box from the cooler in the um, in the grocery store, um, and but it's still going to be healthier than you know a frozen dinner or some of the other shortcuts out there. Right. Uh, so, uh, it's something uh, worth trying, um, but maybe it's probably not something I'm going to use regularly. From now on, so. Hmm. Sounds like it was a good experiment. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do about the blue apron. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm also feeling like it's a little bit more expensive than I should be using uh, regularly, especially now that my uh, schedule isn't as crazy as it was during the holidays. And so I should have more time uh, to actually grocery shop and, and stuff. So yeah. I might, once they finally give me a meal that I've paid for, <laughs> I might cancel it. We'll see. Ugh. Fun, though. I like cooking. When I have time and, yeah, just time to cook, I love cooking. Yeah, I uh, I definitely, I mean, that's one of the things that I have gotten out of having the Blue Apron is that um, it reminded me uh, that I feel better when I cook for myself like mm-hmm. it, um you know even though it can feel like a chore um when I do it like lots of times it ends up feeling like a almost like a self-care thing that you know I go in the kitchen and usually I put on a podcast and right. listen to that and you know cook some food and then when I'm done I feel like I accomplished something and I have something healthy to eat um and you know it's it's something enjoyable yeah, and you feel like you like you did something. Right. When you make something really delicious, you're like, yeah. Yeah. I don't need to go out for food. I I can do this. It's very empowering. Yeah. So so yeah, I definitely I want to keep up the habit of cooking uh actual dinner. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, should we uh give Maggie a call? Let's call Maggie. Okay.
So Maggie, uh, our first question generally is, why do you think you're on our podcast? <laughs> uh, well, I know that I was on that, uh, you know, Wax, mm-hmm. aka Heather, um, and that she had mentioned me and what I do to you guys, and I'm doing something that's uh, a little bit different from the average kind of career, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I guess I did a thing. You did a thing. <laughs> I did a thing. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your thing that you've done? So the thing that I did is I established a business called Stroller Fit Hamilton. Um, and it is, I live in Hamilton, Ontario, and it mm-hmm. is a um, fitness business that caters to parents and their kids. Um, so all of our classes are kid friendly. And um, so kids of any age can join um, and and come to the classes with their parents. And it's a place where the parents can get a good workout and not have to worry about if their kid is loud or crying or takes a poop. Like, yeah, everybody's a parent. (laughs) We all get it. Um, Kids, babies cry. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's the, I wanted to build a space where uh, people were comfortable bringing their kids and, um, and build a community because that's really what a lot of parents, especially um, here in, in Canada, you get a year off of work. Um, mm. So you've got a year at your disposal to go out and kind of find your community and right. that can be really difficult for people. So I wanted to facilitate that. That's amazing. <laughs> we don't have kids, Sarah or I, but um, my right. cousin just had a baby <laughs> And she is an athletic person. She's a fitness trainer. She's a derby player. And figuring out how to balance that already has been becoming problematic. And so to have a place like that, that is a community that you can join that what, you know, your, your child is not a problem. It's amazing. Yeah. And I was, one of the things that I learned actually from, um, it's a bit of a long convoluted story, but I kind of uh, inherited uh, the business from somebody else. I, I took mm-hmm. what she had established and then kind of turned it into my own, rebranded it and added some additional things to it. Um, but what I kind of learned from her and, and more just observing the way that she conducted her business was that it was about social and community first. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like, hey, <laughs> come get your come get your beach body back. Look at these before and after photos. It was like, <laughs> Hey, just come, just come. And, you know, and she was focused more on yoga than anything. And it was like, just come and do yoga. And, and I really appreciated that because there were some days where like, I was crying as I was (laughs) leaving the house (laughs) or just like, it felt impossible to get there. And, and I took that from her as like, you let's build the, let's build the community first, a community that people want to be at, and then they will want to come and partake in your service. So I tell, I tell the parents, I'm like, if you have a day where you have slept horribly and you don't even feel like leaving the house, just come and lie down in the middle of the indoor soccer field that we're using and have a nap. Like, I don't care. Like, I would love to see you coming in here. If you come in here and you totally half-ass it because that's what you need to do today, mm-hmm. that's what you need to do. I'll check in with you after class and be like, hey, you seem like you're a little bit off today. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be like, yo, you, you know, pick it up. Let's go, you know. Like, <laughs> I will encourage people in other ways, but, um, you know, you can kind of tell when somebody is just not, not on their game that day. Um, can non-parents join your group? Yeah, it's, um, if they want to, I've actually had, I actually had the sister of one of our clients who, um, 
she, her kids are grown and they're in school and she's like, I just love hanging out with the parents community. And I try to stay away from saying mom community because not everybody mm-hmm. identifies as a mom. Right. Um, and, um, and so, you know, she's, she's like, I just love that community. I, um, I like just being around the babies too. So yeah. uh, that was one person who would come to my classes um, who wasn't a parent, but I mean, I would welcome anyone to come in. Of course they have to be ready for, you know, a, a bunch kid's, of kids. A kid's gonna barf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's it, it's the sort of thing where if you're gonna come into the class as a non-parent, that you just need to realize that kids are gonna be there doing their kid right. thing, and they're. I always say babies rule the class. So you know, if they're screaming at the top of their lungs, <laughs> like <laughs> that's what they need to do. That's their space to to do that. Awesome. So the. Kids are involved in the classes too, because I mean I belong to gyms where they have like childcare, but then yeah. they're the the children are hidden away in a in a secret room. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the kids so the kids aren't actually involved in the workout the, themselves. Like we don't have a um, a time at the end where we do like infant massage or mm-hmm. a part where uh, we specifically say, okay, the toddlers in the room we're going to do this thing because often the, the things that we're doing are fairly complex for the kids. So, and that's something that I surveyed people. I do feedback forms quite frequently to mm-hmm. just kind of make sure that I'm course correcting and, and hitting the mark of what people are actually wanting. And one of the questions that I ask is that I focus this time on the parents. Would you like that like story time at the end or some sort of like thing that you can, you know, use your baby as a weight or, right. um, but I find that that just happens naturally in class. So I've never actually incorporated like a section of the class or programming the class that it's like, okay, everyone can do this all together. Um, we see that I've got the, the closest I have to that is I have tiny little like one pound dead, um, dumbbells that mm-hmm. you know some of the toddlers they'll come and ask for them while their moms are, <laughs> are doing you know shoulder presses or something right. like that and they'll just imitate their parents and that's what I tend to see is that um Cute. the kids that are you know are turning into real people they're not just like a blob of um <laughs> a central nervous system <laughs> right um, they they are participating with their parents you'll see it's, it's hilarious you'll see we're doing planks and then all of a sudden there's an eight-month-old in like a full-on plank like it's <laughs> It's crazy. And so, you know, you see that kind of happen naturally or when someone's baby is crying and we're doing a situation where you're doing thrusters. So you've got weights on your shoulders and you're going into a squat and then thrusting your arms up and coming back down into squat. They'll just pick up their baby instead. So that involvement of the kids kind of, it, it just happens naturally. What's the average age of the kids who come to your class? Um, I would say that the majority of the, the kids that end up being in the class are anywhere between four weeks old to 18 months. Um, And then above and beyond that, what you might see is that uh, someone has had a second child and their Mm -hmm. child will be in that age range and then they'll have a toddler with them as well. Um, Because sometimes people take their kids out of daycare while they're on maternity leave or or parental Mm -hmm. leave. Um, So really, I've had kids up to the age of seven in the class. Um, but I would say that 80% of the kids that are that are there with their parents are within that kind of infant to early toddler stage. Cool. I was envisioning um, like 14-year-olds also being there somewhere, <laughs> somehow. So we've that's had, interesting. We've had that. Like one of one of my uh, one of the people who was coming to class, she she had a child when she was in her early 20s, and now she's in her mid 30s, and she's had two more kids. And so you know, when her daughter needs a mental health day, she'll come to the gym. 
and <laughs> she would work out with us. Um, and so, I mean, they're always welcome. Well, anybody's welcome. How often are classes? Um, so we've got two different types of classes and, uh, the one class is that that's kind of like a traditional kind of parent and baby class is called stroller fit. And, um, that's once a week on Thursdays. And then I offer another class that I call gym fit, um, which is, it's more, it's modeled off of a CrossFit model, um, mm-hmm. without some of the power lifting and Olympic lifting. Cause a, I'm not qualified to teach that and be like lifting heavy weights around kids scares the Jesus yeah. out of me. Right. So, right. Which, you never know try, what they're going to do. Exactly. We try to keep it like, I'm scared enough when we're on the rowing machines and the kids are getting close and I'm like, ah, I can just see like a flattened cartoon finger um, <laughs> getting caught underneath that thing. Um, so I teach that class two times a week because the stroller fit class, um, we're in a big indoor soccer field and we literally have the whole thing. So there's really no limit to the amount of people that can be in that. So I teach that one once a week. And then the other one I do the gym fit class, I do two times a week. Cause I try, I cap it at 10 just because it's a smaller space. There's more kind of moving parts and just want to make sure everyone has a comfortable experiences and has room. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a trainer otherwise? Like, are, is it, are these your only classes that you're teaching? These are the only fitness classes that I'm teaching. So when I, when I had the opportunity to, um, kind of like I worked for, um, I worked for Blackberry for 14 years and, um, and so I saw the rise and the fall, the <laughs> rise and the fall. And then when I finally kind of decided that I didn't want to do that anymore for various personal reasons, um, I kind of I transitioned into this. And someone said, I think that you'd be good at this. I think you should teach these classes for me. And so I took like a, like a, like a parent and ba- like a postnatal like training to, mm-hmm. to make sure that I can actually train it. And I had to do a video and send it in of, of a class that I designed and da, da, da. I've been like a lifelong gym goer. So I've done pretty much every class there is on, like I've been a participant, mm-hmm. um, but I've never sought any certifications like to be a CrossFit coach or like a TRX instructor or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, this has been my only focus. And so these are the only classes that I teach. And then um, I play roller derby. So I'm also on our training team there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just have had lots of experience over, uh, I, I worked in human resources when I was with Blackberry. So I had lots of experience teaching, like just doing various training courses training. for adults. Um, so lots of training experience, but I, 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 you know, people ask me what I do and I hesitate saying fitness instructor. Cause I feel like, so, like in a lot of ways, I'm not like, I have no letters <laughs> behind my name that, that actually prove that, but week in and week out, that's what I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah. I just don't want to steal any thunder for those, from those who have actually gone through, like the in Canada, it's called CanFit Pro, and who've gone through some really intensive, um, you know, learning all of the body physiology and that sort of thing. I know a lot of it just from the years of, of doing it. So, uh, but I just in the same way that you don't you don't want to steal a designation from anybody else. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, do you? This obviously not everyone uh, listening can come to your gym. So do you have any tips um, for parents who are trying to get into exercise maybe at home with their kids? Because I know uh, even just doing it at home uh, for new parents, lots of times it feels like impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things, as I said earlier, um, was that for me, it's community. It's community first. So the thing that I always tell people is go out and find your community as a new parent. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I, I personally found a lot of success in finding my community, doing fitness type stuff, going through any stressful situation together with other people, I think creates a bond. Um, being a new parent is super stressful. And then also going to a, a group of people who you don't know is also quite stressful. And then doing something where you get your heart rate up and basically your body goes into, at its very core, a fight or flight situation (laughs) is stressful. So, you know, when you come out to the classes, you kind of have this threefold thing that creates that that community. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that often people who, newer parents who want to go out and get fit or get active again, their focus is, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to get active. And that might be at home, that might be starting to run, that might be joining classes, etc. But I think that unless there's a community pulling you to those things, it's really hard. Unless you're one of those people, I'm not one of those people. Unless you're one of those people who's really disciplined around, um, around exercise and being active, I need peer pressure. I need to be like, I promised my friend I would be there or that person was really cool. And they were talking about how they were also having problems with bottle feeding. And I want to ask them a few questions, like finding that social, that need for, for connection and then almost like fitting in the fitness thing after it. So, and so that applies to my model, but if anybody's just trying, like just wants to get fit or get active after like becoming a parent, um, find that community first and then that will help drive your um your actual attendance and follow through is stroller fit your like only in hamilton or is this like a a franchise or if somebody wanted to start one somewhere else do they contact you like how did how did you come up with the name and how pervasive is that name in other communities so stroller fit, I would say like there's a woman uh, in, I think she's in central New York someplace who copyrighted the term stroller size. Okay. And so what she does is she, um, she, she sells franchises basically for stroller size and she has her little theory and, and kind of model as to how, she, how it works. Um, now stroller fit seems to be just like the generic term. So you can think of stroller size as Kleenex and stroller fit as tissues. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, at least that's the way that I've seen it. So like the city, like uh, in my town, the city of Hamilton runs stroller fit classes and there's other providers around who offer a stroller fit class. And I've even seen people call it stroller size. Um, so from my perspective with my business, it's a standalone, it's not a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just my own little, my own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking that it would be really beneficial to a lot of other people. And right. how do they find something like this in their community? Yeah, well, you maybe know what, just there, start it. Yeah, it, well, that's kind of what happened with me. So, long story short, when I had my first child, I was living in a community I'd never lived in before. I literally moved there the, a month before he was oh, wow. born, and I met a couple women in a in this really hokey, really really hokey. Um, mom the baby class which <laughs> kind of bonded us where we were like the international language of eye contact while you were like what is this person talking about is this Anyways, for real so, yeah so we bonded over that and then I was like hey you know I've always been a really active person if I put together some like little routines or whatever um do you guys want to come out to the rec center and we can just do them together with our babies so that we just started doing that and nobody got paid it didn't cost anything we just showed up 
and mm. use the space there. And um, I mean, people looked at us like we were like we were weird. Yeah. And there was also a senior center there. And some of them would be like, do you mind if I walk your baby around the track while, while you do your exercises? <laughs> so like, it was really, you know, we got a few glances, but a lot of people were really supportive of it. So we just, you know, even though there wasn't anything, there was just a few of us, there was one person to take initiative and then others were like, yes, let's do this thing. Wow. So, but a lot of cities, they have it. So if you just look up stroller fitness or, I mean, a lot of it is branded as mom and baby fitness. Um, so if they look for that sort of thing, um, you, you can find it in most cities. You just, you just do have to look. Okay. What is your fee structure like? Um, the fee structure is, um, well, first off, one of the things that I, uh, really stand by, especially when it comes to capturing the hearts and minds of, minds of new parents is you got to give it away. So you give it away for free. Um, so I always offer, um, I, I run my classes in two month blocks and, okay. um, the first, the first week of that block is a free class and that's for anybody. So former clients, current clients, uh, just anybody who wants to come out and try out the class, everybody comes. And then, and that's a little less intimidating for people I find because yeah. they know that there's going to be a lot of new people there. It's, they're mm -hmm. not going to feel like the odd one out. Um, and so I give the, so everybody gets a free class. And then after that, if you do want to sign up, it's uh, like the, the cost is um, per class is $15 per class. So that ends up being like seven or eight more weeks in that two month period. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so it's $15 per class if you sign up for that chunk. Uh, if you just wanna do drop-in and don't want any commitment, it's $17 a class. And then, but if you sign up with our early bird special, it's $12.75 a class. Wow. So there's a lot of kind of flex, and there's, I also offer a lot of flexibility. And this is a big mm -hmm. thing that I find with parents is that they just say, I don't know if I can get there every Thursday morning. Right, there's doctor's right. appointments, there's ear infections, there's like, Poosplosions as I as you leave the house and it's babies love to do that they love to wait until you're just about to leave <laughs> to have like a gigantic poop so I always yeah. tell people you know just get here if you can get here and if you can't it's really flexible so if you miss a stroller fit class come to a gym fit class if you've missed three stroller fit classes let's push it into the next session and like just take the classes until you've used up the ones that you missed and then sign up because I'll drop the price every like after every class. Mm. Uh, yeah. The price drops to reflect the amount that's left. So I, and that's part of the community thing is that these people are my community. I'm not just like the leader that does a fitness thing. Like I've made many friends yeah. um, through this and um, yeah, it keeps me connected to that community by giving a little bit and giving it away for free. You've talked about some of the unique struggles that you have with this community and, you know, altering a, what maybe a regular gym wouldn't have, but are there other, anything else that you stands out to you that is a particular unique struggle to this type of structure or workout? Um, I wouldn't say it's a unique struggle, but I would say that, you know, I, uh, most new parents themselves are struggling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, sometimes convincing people to come out um, that th that will help their struggle. Because when you have a child come into your life, you know, there's a million how-to books, but yeah. they're, I mean, it's very different from you see in the yeah. how-to book. So <laughs> sometimes it's a bit of a struggle to just say, just to, to just convince people, 
come out, you'll be glad that you did. Because I, I don't think that I've never come across, I've, I've come across people who haven't signed up for my class after taking it, which is like totally cool. Um, but I've never, like, I've never gotten any blowback on social media or anything like that. I don't think anyone has ever regretted trying it. Um, uh, yeah. So for those who are struggling to get out of the house, just try it. No one expects you to have makeup on. No one expects your hair to be washed. I come to like class with yogurt smeared on my shirt. <laughs> I, that's another thing I always tell people: just come as you are. Like, don't. I never wear. I never wear makeup to class. I never do my hair. I never. I never get into performance mode. I'm just me and genuine. Yeah. And you know, if I slept really poorly the night before and I look like garbage, there's not a lick of makeup that's going on because I want to be like, yeah, right. this is this is this is what we all look like. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Sounds like a place I want to go. <laughs> yeah. Do you rent space? I do. Yeah. So I uh I rent the soccer field that we use uh by the hour and I get I get a really good rate um from the owner uh because he just wants parents in his space because one yeah. of the things that they oh, do yeah. there is they do a lot of kids soccer classes and kid baseball mm-hmm. classes. Um mm-hmm. so he gets a lot of residual business because these parents come in before their kids are ready for these classes and they see the quality of coaching. They've got really high quality coaching and programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to see that. And then so that they know when their child is that age, they just automatically go there as opposed right. to, you know, trying to find out what's, what's good. What do people like? They've already seen right. this and they've already seen mm-hmm. kids enjoying themselves. What a great yeah. uh, relationship. Yeah. And then I, and then I, um, for the gym fit class, I rent a CrossFit gym. Um, and it's mm-hmm. the gym I, I've had, this is my, the second location that I've had to go to my previous location closed, but mm-hmm. in both situations, I became a member at that gym, um, mm-hmm. because I want to support the business that I'm working with and get to know the people and the space and mm-hmm. the, the owner as well. And uh, both times have been great experiences. They've definitely been gyms that I want to be part of. Um, so I rent that space as well. Have you had any issues with, with either of those spaces and worrying about liability of children running around or um I don't know what it's like in a regular gym to bring your kid around if that's allowed or not a lot of gyms don't allow a lot of gyms are kind of like what uh what Sarah was saying about how they kind of get squirreled (laughs) away into the soundproof room (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and you know what I probably should worry a little bit more about liability than I do but um like I carry my own insur- liability insurance the gyms themselves that I or the spaces that I rent carry liability insurance as well and I kind of give parents a bit of a talk not a talk but like at the beginning <laughs> I say hey this is the gym <laughs> yeah it's right. it's dirty there's dog hair everywhere because the owner has a dog and it's a lovely dog, but it sheds everywhere. Right. Um, there are metal things. There are sharp things. There are, um, you know, there's heavy things. Yeah, like exactly. And, uh, you know, Pinchy if, your kid, things. if your kid goes and picks up a kettlebell and drops it on their foot, like I want you to recognize that that's something that can happen in this space. And I do my best to make sure that kids are out of harm's way. But, you know, let's just you have to understand that and that no one's there to protect your child but you. You know, if someone sees your kid doing something dangerous, then hopefully they will stop it. Um, but uh, but yeah, as far as liability goes, the coverage that we've got is pretty good. But also just having that kind of mutual like 
are we understanding each other conversation um I think has gone a long way and I find that just like having a laid-back attitude in class I can see like the parents who come in that are a little bit like uptight about their kids Mm. when they see the other kids like if there's toddlers in the CrossFit gym who are jumping off the boxes or swinging on the rings I feel like when they see other parents kind of being laid back about it they're kind of like oh I guess I should be like they're still terrified <laughs> <That> peer pressure <laughs> but yeah there's a little bit of positive peer pressure there to be like okay you know what I'm just gonna let my kid have fun and you know if they break their face then I'll never come back here again <laughs> but, but that hasn't happened yet so hopefully right. it doesn't yeah fingers crossed all, uh, all of those dangers or many of those dangers are are available to a child that is determined to hurt themselves mm-hmm. at home just yep. as much as so they will find things to jump off of and break their head open on something and all kinds of things absolutely what else should we know anything um well i i've been listening to your podcast over the past while um and it was one of the uh one of the topics actually i saw a big connection to what i do Mm -hmm. um which was the one about being broken yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and your guest, who I can't remember what her name was, but... Um, Decider from Angel. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> big Lacey Knight fan. Yes. Well, <laughs> Lacey oh. Knight can crush us all with her shoulders. Yeah. Alone. Yes, basically. She's the strongest um, person I've ever seen. But she... Um, she mentioned something about how when you get... When you become broken everything changes your social Mm. group changes Mm -hmm. your abilities to continue with your normal patterns change um your your physical abilities change and the same is for becoming a parent like it really kind of Mm -hmm. but the thing is is that the difference is um well she was talking about the 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 community blood sweat and tears broken derby player community Mm -hmm. um the difference is that it's much easier to find that community when you're a new parent. And this is, this kind of fills that hole. Um, So you immediately, once that baby comes out, like everything changes. And unless you find that new community and that new space to like be able to manage this transition, it's really can be very heartbreaking and very isolating. And even though people are like, yeah, just let me know if you need anything. It's hard. It's hard to ask for help. Um, so I just saw like some some major connections there between, and I hate to I hate to like make it seem like having a baby is uh, is an injury, but in a right. lot of ways they're just they're they're very similar. It's a it's a it's a it's an instantaneous change of your life. Right. <laughs> it uh, can be more, I guess maybe exacerbated the the things that you're mentioning in terms of like needing to find the new community and and. Uh, being isolated um, until you do so just because you know when you break your leg that that might be a few months right it goes away you're you're out and Mm -hmm. about again whereas the the kid's gonna be sticking around for a while while. (laughs) (laughs) and I I think that those um those bonds that I was talking about going through stressful situations and those bonds that you form at the beginning of your your journey as a parent are at least in my experience, have been really, really strong. So the women that Mm -hmm. I had that experience with, they live in a town that's two and a half hours away when the weather is good. Um, And we still keep in touch. We still see each other a few times a year. Um, Do I 
act that way am I that set the same way with some of the friends that I've had over the years like before kids no it's like it's these women who um I bonded with over that really stressful thing right um right. so we did it together yeah we did it together and we yeah. formed our little community and and I don't know what I would have done as like an import to that community it was I, I don't know what I, what I would have done without them I would have been a miserable miserable person to be around. <laughs> right. um, so I really credit that community and that's where I saw the importance of it and I def- I wanted to bring that to other people. That's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Maggie, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah. Hey, no problem. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> I totally did this thing and it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to find out if we, I'm sure we have something, but maybe not to this extent. I mean, Minneapolis, St. Paul is a big city so yeah biggish I, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's something it, I mean and it's also a market to be exploited and that's one of the things that that's um, the thing that I was thinking it's like if there's not why isn't there and there should be immediately exactly yeah. like there is um as I said there's a market to be exploited and if people want to think they can make some money and also um do a really great thing for the community at the same time so yeah. If there's anybody out there listening, <laughs> I'm definitely going to tell uh, a prior guest, Jody, who runs a gym in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. for the community, basically. This would be a huge, yeah. interesting thing for her to start. Absolutely. Not that she needs one more thing to, to do because <laughs> she's a very busy person, but it would be really cool. Do you have a website or any place Great. online where people can find you if they... Uh, are interested in checking out your classes? Yeah, I um, so my website is strollerfithamilton.com and I'm on Facebook as uh, strollerfithamilton and on Instagram as strollerfithamilton as well. Um, and not ter- not terribly active on social media. Like we're not, I'm not constantly updating it every day, but every once in a while I'll find something fun or take a good picture in class and, and put it out there. Um, so yeah, if they want to check us out, they can. Cool. I want there to be a mashup between Stroller Fit and Hamilton the Musical. Basically. <laughs> I want for you to do that on your website. Well, I know you said uh, that there's no talking, that we shouldn't talk about roller derby, but I, I had a funny roller derby Stroller Fit crossover the yeah. other day where this woman came, a woman came to my Stroller Fit class who is like, like spitting image of someone who just joined our roller derby team. So oh, I, I looked at her, I was like, do you play roller derby? And she said, she said, she looked at me like horrified, like absolutely not. And I'm like, oh, because I play roller derby locally and you look so much like this new person. And then um, the person beside her said, there's stroller derby. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was like, interesting idea. (laughs) Let's make this happen. And that actually just reminds me of something else that uh, I've seen happening before as well, which is stroller blading, where people like roller blade Mm. with their stroller. Mm. Yep. And uh, it terrifies me, but good on them. Good for them. Good, good <laughs> One of our league members did that a lot with her roller skates, but yeah. she got featured in the paper and like people would look at her weird, but it was good for her when she had that baby. Good for her. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Hey. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yay, Maggie. Yay, um, Maggie! Yeah, I wish. I mean, I think everybody should have uh, a Maggie in their area so they can go work out with her. <laughs> yes, I. Again, I wish that we had such a thing because I am. I'm, I'm trying to look for something 
not for myself, but mm-hmm. I, I think that my cousin who's a trainer should just start it. Yeah. That sounds really awesome. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, I know uh, from a lot of my, like, personal in real life friends and also from, uh, you know, various exercise Facebook groups that I have belonged to that, you know, it, it is lots of times a, a, such a stumbling block um, to getting back to exercise after you've had kids, like feeling like there's no place that you can go and do that. And yeah. it's okay that you have a kid it's okay that you have a kid. Or... Well, that that whole thing of finding childcare to do the things you used to do. Right. And this offers people the opportunity to do it with your child. Yeah. And, and maybe not, like, with them as part of it, but just in the room. And that's humongous yeah. for parents. Well, it normalizes I... it, I think. Yeah, I, I know... I know a lot of people also, especially with new kids, newer or younger kids, uh, feel like they, you know, even if they were going to do something at home, that it's that it's something that they can't do because they um, should be looking after their baby or right. or their child, um, and that they don't have an opportunity to step away from that. Um, but I can see how um, it would be really empowering to be in a room with other people who are there with their kids and see, like, it'll be okay if I'm exercising over here and then my baby starts crying, like, I haven't abandoned, right. my, you know, and my child and I can, you know, step away for a few moments and take care of, of my baby and then get back to exercising and it, it's not going to be a disaster and... Um, you know, people aren't going to say I'm a bad mom or a bad dad because I'm exercising instead of taking care of my kid. <laughs> right. Huge. I think it's so cool. Yeah. Um, well, should we yeah. talk about the challenge zone? Let's talk about that challenge zone. Challenge zone. Challenge zone. <laughs> So, I have a, a, a small confession to make. Oh, dear. Which is that I, I had a, a, a little, sl- I guess maybe you'd call it a slip. Ooh. Um, All right. Confession time. Let's yeah. So, what happened was, um, I was at work, and I don't know why, but one of those, uh, actually, the turkey, uh, turkey meatballs and pasta dinner gave me terrible indigestion oh no (laughs) um and my stomach was just like it felt it was like one of those times where you eat and then it feels like there's a 10 pound lead weight in your guts (laughs) yeah um and i didn't have any acid or anything at at available to me at work to make me feel better so Mm. i had a sprite okay it did make me feel better that's good. So on that hand, I didn't feel bad about it, but I did was a little disappointed that I had the Sprite. Um, but I feel like if I have one soda a yeah. month, then I would be happy with that. So It's practically um, medicinal. Yeah. I, that's literally how I was thinking about it. I was like, this is a medicinal Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I think it doesn't count. 
but I'm a <laughs> I'm an enabler when it comes to this challenge. I think. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I I feel like all of these challenges that we do, like ultimately, I mean, we we have a podcast and we talk about them right. uh, and share our experiences with it, but ultimately, the challenge is for you. Um, so, you know, I think it's helpful, um, especially in terms of staying on track with the challenge when something like that happens to stop and think like, what was my goal in taking on this challenge? Right. And, you know, like, am I still needing it? (laughs) You know? So, like I said, like my goal was to try and break some of with this was to break some of those unhealthy bad eating habits that I had developed uh, over the holidays and so you know like I said if I only have one soda a month like I that is an improve a big improvement right and I would be I wouldn't be disappointed with that so you know to me it's not it's not a failure that I had one soda uh, because I'm still like achieving the basically the goal that I had for taking on the challenge um so and it's and it's real life right so if we are perfect at it that's not helpful either (laughs) so we're just I mean this sounds like I'm making excuses but honestly like I'm sure that if folks are following when folks follow along with us on the challenge they're not going to be perfect right and so to expect perfection is unrealistic well it is definitely less helpful to say oh well I had that soda and I've ruined my challenge, so fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> I'm just going to go back to eating all of the terrible things. Like, that's that's definitely worse than saying, like, okay, well, that happened, but, it, you know, we're going to keep going with it. Right. How is it going for you, Birdie? Is it still, are you still struggling? Well, I realized, so I've switched up my eating a little bit and in, in moving more toward, um, the Weight Watchers no no count plan, which is called Simply mm-hmm. Filling, and included in that is a, a lot more grains and oatmeal is one of those things. And so I eat my oatmeal with some brown sugar in it. And so I've been putting you know my teaspoon of brown sugar in my oatmeal and have, going about my life. And then I was driving and I thought my mouth tastes a little sweet. What did I do? <laughs> oh, I put fucking sugar in my oatmeal. Yeah. That's how I eat my oatmeal, though. You know, like it's not, yeah. a, it's not a treat or a dessert. It's breakfast. So, I I'm gonna try to reduce some of that sugar in there, but um, yeah. it felt like a failure at us at a moment, and then I then I decided it wasn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if you're really literally doing a teaspoon of sugar, like to me, that that's within the challenge. Right. There are worse things to put in your body than a teaspoon of brown sugar. Oh, uh, but I will say, um, when I, cause I, I've, I've gone through, uh, periods where I've eaten oatmeal for breakfast a whole lot. And I've also, uh, tried to reduce the amount of sugar, uh, that I was putting in my oatmeal because mm-hmm. it is easy to like, it's not a teaspoon anymore. It's like two tablespoons. Right. And then if you're like, oh, and I'll put a tablespoon of butter in there too. <laughs> and like a half a cup of raisins, like pretty soon is not, not <laughs> a healthy food anymore. anymore. Right. Um, but so one of the things that I've done is I've just gotten um, frozen fruits. Yeah. Um, and then I take, you know, a cup or however much I want to 
put in my oatmeal um, the next morning. I take the frozen fruit and just put it in a bowl and uh, stick it in the refrigerator overnight so that it'll be defrosted in the morning. That's and smart. then you get the juices from the oatmeal too. I mean, from the oatmeal, from the, <laughs> from the frozen fruit too. Um, and mix that in with the oatmeal. And um, it really helps to sweeten the oatmeal. If you're going from two tablespoons of brown sugar to that, um, right. it might be a, a shock to your system. A rough transition. Yeah. Right. But it's not yeah. a transition. That's a, <laughs> yeah. it's an all or nothing deal. Uh, but yeah, that that has definitely been a, a good alternative for me before. Yeah. Oatmeal. Um, and then with my plank challenge, I am yeah. up to um, a minute and 30 seconds. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, I did 20 seconds yesterday and my abs are killing me. Um, a minute and a half. Jesus. That's a lot. That's a lot of time. Surprisingly, the place that I'm really feeling it um, is, so your lats are the muscles that, like, are kind of over your shoulder blades, um, and go from your back, and they wrap around, um, to, like, the front of your ribs, and I've been feeling it in my lats, like, on the, my sides, like, where, okay. right over my ribs, is yeah. surprisingly the place that I'm feeling it the most, um, but, I, I'm kind of happy with that uh, because that's also a muscle that I use a lot in one of my jobs at work uh, where I am picking things up and carrying them around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I definitely um, would be happy to be stronger um, in ways that will help me at work as well as with my running and everything. That's great. Um, so, yeah. Um, I definitely am shaking <laughs> at the end of that. Um, yeah. But that's how you know it's working. <laughs> I guess so. Is um, that true? And then, I, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the shaking is that your your muscles are getting uh, close to, uh, I mean, like you're fatiguing your muscles and that's that's what helps them okay. get stronger. Okay. Um, but uh, the other tip I thought I'd give, um, which I, I remembered I had done this before, before, uh, when I had done a plank challenge, um, is that I found that it helps me, uh, to put a song on while I'm doing it. Oh, that's um, smart. Yeah. And especially cause, uh, <laughs> one of the things that it can make it harder is if you've got the, the stopwatch going in front of you. Oh uh, yeah. And you're watching, you're watching it, it, count, it click yeah. down. Oh yeah. So, um, Torture. Luckily, <laughs> for better or for worse now, I'm at the point where my phone is, uh, goes to sleep while <laughs> I'm doing it. So I don't get to see the, the timer the whole time. Uh, so that kind of helps too. That's um, amazing. But yeah, definitely, especially if it's a song, like a, a pump up, your pump up song, put that on um, and it can, it can help past the time because that's part of the problem when you're doing it for over a minute then it's kind of like all you have to think about uh if you don't have music or some kind of distraction is how long you've been doing it and how much it sucks right (laughs) something to take your mind off of it for literally a minute yeah oh i love that what about the thing that you love sarah oh the thing i love thing i love 
love fruits It's my sweet pleasure I love fruits So the thing that I hinted at um, yeah. earlier I've been, I've been on pins and needles I, over here I love is um, I got for Christmas a bike trainer Ooh, um, that you put your bike in to yeah. do it at home? Yeah. So, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so if you've never heard of it before, um, it's basically a thing that turns your regular road bike into a stationary bike that you can use in your house. Um, Brilliant. So um, basically, uh, there it's a contraption that <laughs> you kind of mount the back wheel of your bike into, and then it has rollers so that the back wheel can turn without making you physically go forward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a little block that you put the front wheel on so that it's it's level. Um, but so um, then you can you can take the bike that you already have and uh, ride when it's better 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 weather. Um, and turn it into a stationary bike that you can set up. Like, I've got mine set up in the same room as I have my treadmill in, and I have a, a TV uh, that's for the purpose of watching while exercising. Um, so that is the thing I love. I finally got my bike set up on there, and I'm starting to use it. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to be able um, to use my bike uh, during the winter when riding outside is not possible. How much does one of those things run you versus getting a stationary bike? The It's much cheaper than buying a separate stationary bike, assuming you yeah. already have a bicycle. Sure. It was, um, I, like I said, it was a Christmas present, but um, I believe it was around um, $75. Okay. Um, so, I mean, like to buy a stationary bike, um you know, it's going to be, even the cheapest one is going to be probably $500 or more. Good Lord. At least. Is that true? Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, maybe you could find one like on Craigslist, like I did my treadmill that somebody's trying to get rid of for less than that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, wow. Exercise equipment like that is extremely expensive. Um, so to have something that is much more affordable and take something that that potentially you already have and, and give it a second use is definitely uh, a, a much more feasible way to go. Um, yeah. And I think, I would think that folks who are interested in getting a bike trainer like that already are at least have a bike or particular about what kind of bike they're riding. Right. And so it's actually better for road training and for comfort and set up and all of that to just use your own bike for that because those uh, uh stationary bikes can be really uncomfortable too because they're, they're hard to adjust and yeah they're weird and awkward yeah i mean uh i mean a spinning bike uh like the the kind that you would mm. use at the gym and you can actually buy one of those to have in your home um but it's probably like over a thousand dollars to Jeez. buy a spinning bike that's too much um, <laughs> yeah, um, but those do have like basically all of the um, or almost all of the same adjustments that uh, a actual bike would have. Okay. Um, but yeah, 
um, it's also something that most people aren't going to be able, or a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford uh, to have in their home. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, what about you, Bertie? What have you been loving on this week? Well, it has been snowing for a while in Minneapolis, and yesterday it was snowing, and it is what I call love snow. And I love, love snow. It's so pretty. Um, it might be, I might have taken that from the Gilmore Girls. I'm not sure. I think probably <laughs> most of my things the that Gilmore I like Girls, to say are from the Gilmore Girls. The Gilmore Girls definitely love snow. So <laughs> Yes. Um, but it's that type of snow that gently falls. I mean, it snowed mm. for a very long time, so it accumulated into several inches of snow but it gently falls and it's the kind of snow that in movies or on tv shows when people are falling in love that's the kind of snow that falls as they're falling in love taking a walk or kissing or whatever or you know that 360 (laughs) viewpoint around them when they are uh usually kissing or staring into each other's eyes and then slowly (laughs) going for a kiss and the snow is gently falling and it's glittery and and soft and beautiful that's love snow and it has been love snowing for a day or so here and I can't even be mad at it it's just beautiful and wonderful um and I have a friend who posted on my on my Instagram page that when she and her now husband were dating they went on a walk and the snow that type of snow was falling and that is actually literally when she knew that she was in love with her husband and it's just so it's idyllic and i like it i love it in fact i I think if my dog pataki would contribute that the thing he loves this week is the snow the snow he he, he's a mutt but i'm pretty sure he's part husky like he has the husky double coat and the kind of uh frill uh, on his tail in the curved tail like that mm-hmm. uh, so he he always has a good time in the snow he's even though he's getting to be an older dog he his puppy comes out when it's snowing and yeah he is been having a great time romping around in <laughs> the backyard in the snow for and then sure he's super cute because he's he's dark like gray and um almost black Ooh, so depending then it- on the Yes. He gets all time. dusty with the snow. Yeah, he comes in and he's all covered in snow and he's super so cute. cute. <laughs> my, my big dog, Jeffrey, really loves the snow and he does the same thing. He like, he's so big, he runs around like a goat, like just these big long legs. He, I mean, he's very big and he's a poodle mix and he just loves it. And then my little dog, she's 11 pounds and she like will kind of go out into the snow and go to the bathroom and then look at you as if to say that she hates your guts and why are you making her do this? And it's right back in. That sounds like my cat's (laughs) towards snow. Like she, she will, if if she makes the mistake of stepping outside into snow, she's usually like, why, why, (laughs) why am I, why is this my life? (laughs) Yes, totally. 
Of course, my cat also believes that I have the superpower to open the back or open the door to a different kind of weather. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she'll meow to go out and then open the door and it's raining or snowing and she doesn't like that. And so she won't go out <laughs> and I'll close the door and then she'll meow to see if somehow when I open the door, the weather is different. Ah, uh, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> It'd be I mean, freaky. I kind of understand why she thinks that. I mean, sometimes I open the door and it is raining, and sometimes I open the door and it's not raining. Right. So, and I don't I think mean... cats have good object permanence, so <laughs> makes sense. Alright. Well, <laughs> this has been our show, Snow Talk, with Birdie and Sarah. Um, thank you for listening to our podcast, I Did a Thing. Uh, you can find us at ididathingpod.com and follow us on Facebook at I Did a Thing Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at I Did a Thing Pod. Uh, and for real, if you you or somebody you know did a cool thing or just do a thing, uh, please contact us. We're looking for some guests to have you uh, hear from. So it's not all friends of friends who play roller derby. So <laughs> get at us. If you have any questions, comments, want to say hi, or want to be a guest or know a guest, please email us at ididathingpod at gmail.com. Yeah, we want to hear about your thing. And I, think, I do. I think people have, I think definitely we've had some guests on the show who feel like they didn't have all that much to say, mm-hmm. um, but that they were super inspirational to other people. So Absolutely. Yeah. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Or nominate your friend, just like on The Bachelor. Just nominate your best friend, and we'll we'll harass them for a while. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review on iTunes. Subscribe on your favorite podcast application, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, now, go do a thing. Go do a thing. Go do a thing. And then tell us about it. And then, yes, and then tell us about it. Awesome.